Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. With me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Zirk. On today's show, CNC citizen reporter Melanie Ferris tells us about the Garden of Life at Assiniboine Park, which honors organ and tissue donors here in our province. Then, Jennifer Arhus, student awards specialist at the Winnipeg Foundation, will sit down in studio to talk about scholarships and the wonderful programs for Winnipeg youth to gain money towards post-secondary education. Then Christy Nickel and Christine Ahrens of A Winnipeg Slice will join us to talk about a couple of the stories that they've been working on this week. And finally, Noah Ehrenberg of Community News Commons will tell us about some of the excellent stories that are being told on Community News Commons this week. We've got all this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Hello, Robert. How are you today, sir? I'm well, thanks. How are you today, Nolan? We're quite good. You are listening to River City 360. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are going to have a whole bunch of stories and fun little things to get to. Uh, I saw some people heading out to Folk Fest yesterday. Pretty exciting. Have you ever been out to the Winnipeg International Folk Festival? Just for a day, but I've never camped. Never I've camped. never done the camping thing yet. I've done the camping thing. I think you should do it once. Try to at least once. It's it's a bit of a different world out there. It's kind of like you step into a different universe when you enter into the camp zone. In, in a good way, in a good way. There's some really interesting and unique characters that go out there building all sorts of crazy structures and fun little things for people to do and see and experience. So it's uh, it's quite quite a lot of fun. So we just wanted to wish everyone who's out at Folk Fest right now have a wonderful weekend make sure you drink lots of water because it's supposed to be a scorcher be careful have fun take care of each other and yeah just enjoy your weekend because it's going to be a heck of a nice one out there absolutely we've got some wonderful stories today uh up first citizen reporter melanie ferris she's on her way into the studio to tell us about garden of life at assiniboine park Uh, she spoke with some of the volunteers there who helped make the garden as beautiful as it can be we'll have her story right after the first break we always kick the show off with a song so robert what do we have for our listeners today we've got seeing as how it's a wonderful weekend a wonderful summer weekend Here's Summer Sounds by Robert Goulet right here on River City 360. Roaring up the waves when you're surfing in June, July, and August play a symphony under starry skies above. Happy summer sounds, the summer sounds I love. The paddle of a steamboat on a Sunday cruise. Sizzle of the hot dogs at a barbecue, the shrieking on a roller coaster way up high, the whistles on the beach when a peach goes by. Summertime is here, wake up and come alive. Put away a scarf and glove. Here comes summer sounds, the summer sounds I Here, wake up 
Welcome back to River City 360. Robert and Nolan here with you today. Our next story shines a spotlight on organ donation here in our province and how crucial it is for potential donors to take a couple of additional steps to ensure that their wishes are met. Some of the facts in our next story might surprise you. Community News Commons citizen reporter Melanie Ferris recently visited the Garden of Life and spoke to staff at Transplant Manitoba as well as volunteers to learn more about the garden and to learn about how organ donations have helped Winnipeggers get another chance at life. Here's Melanie Ferris with her story. On a beautiful spring day at Assiniboine Park, a group of volunteer gardeners put on safety boots and get ready to plant flowers in honor of organ and tissue donors in Manitoba. But look at the day. I know, it's stunning, isn't it? Oh, it's so beautiful. We're here today at the Garden of Life. This is a space that is dedicated to living and deceased organ and tissue donors. That's Roberta Kazelny, communications specialist at Transplant Manitoba and clearly one of the Manitobans excited about recognizing organ donors. It's a space for people to come and enjoy the beauty and uh, it honors those that have given that gift of life. This is its 19th year, so next year's a big anniversary for us and we're very excited. In the garden are two men impacted by organ donors. The first, Chuck Harzma, has come to the garden with his wife, Tannis. He explains that in May 2016, he was in dire need of a heart transplant after a dental operation. I ended up getting endocarditis due to lack of being pre-medicated from uh, dental procedure. Oh, wow. So I had an aortic heart valve. That's what transpired after I wasn't pre-medicated. Chuck celebrated the one-year anniversary of his heart transplant on June 1st. The successful operation has allowed Chuck and his wife to make plans for their future. The most unselfish gift that uh, a person can give, and you're giving people that um, rely on you a second chance, like me. Another would-be gardener here is cyclist Joe Collar, who received a kidney transplant in 1977. But after nearly four decades of living a healthy life with a transplanted kidney, Joe is back on dialysis, the medical treatment for kidney failure. In 1977, I received my kidney. Wow. And it lasted for uh, 38, uh, almost 38 years. Wow. And uh, it lasted past 40 years, I am on dialysis. Dialysis takes at least four hours, three times a week, and leaves many feeling exhausted. Joe used to cycle more than 100 kilometers every week, but today as a dialysis patient, he is only able to ride 20 kilometers a week. He is grateful to organ donors, and so is his mom. Uh, my mom said, uh, I gave you birth, but somebody gave you life. Mm. And uh, that was that gratitude uh, towards a uh, person and family that have made that possible uh, for the rest of your life. Also visiting the Garden of Life is retired transplant organ donor coordinator, Star Bagan, who is showing off a special bench she has set up there. On it is a plaque that reads, what greater gift can one give than life through transplantation? I have been, was a transplant donor, organ donor coordinator and real recipient coordinator for 23 years. Okay. And uh, during that time, initially in 98, this transplant garden was one of the initiatives, which is brings organ donor families, living uh, donors and recipients together. Starr says her experience working in this field has shown her how organ donation not only impacts recipients, 
but the families of those who donate as well. Families that donate their loved one's organs are, are very courageous people, I think, because they're making a, a difficult decision at a very difficult time. Many in our community are alive today because they have received an organ, like a kidney, lungs, a heart, or a liver. Successful organ or tissue transplants often allow the recipient to continue living a healthy life for many years. It may, however, come as a surprise that in Manitoba, one cannot indicate their wishes to be a donor just by using a driver's license or health card. Starr explains. So if uh, someone has indicated their wishes to their family ahead of time, should something like this happen, then the family knows their wishes. It's a potential donor's family that makes the final decision on whether someone's organs and tissues can be donated at the time of their death. That's why Roberta Caselny of Transplant Manitoba says it's important for potential organ donors to make their wishes known to their family and to also do one last key step. Signal your intent to be a donor is to register at signupforlife.ca and that essentially lets uh, us know that uh, should you be in a situation where you could be a donor then we would check that registry and we would share that information with your family. Manitoba has some of the lowest rates in Canada when it comes to organ and tissue transplants. In 2016, just 16 people who passed away were able to donate multiple organs. If you're interested in being an organ or tissue donor, you will need to register online at signupforlife.ca and also make sure you speak with your family. Of course, you may also want to take a stroll through the Garden of Life Take in the beautiful sights and contemplate your wishes and thoughts around organ and tissue donation. I am Melanie Ferris for Community News Commons in Winnipeg. Thank you very much to CNC Citizen Reporter Melanie Ferris for filing that story. And as she mentioned, signupforlife.ca is the website where you can indicate your wishes to become an organ and tissue donor here in Manitoba. And to learn more about Transplant Manitoba and the Garden of Life, you can visit transplantmanitoba.ca. Coming up after the break, Jennifer R., who's from the Winnipeg Foundation, is on her way into the studio to talk about scholarships and the various programs that the Winnipeg Foundation has in place to encourage inner-city youth to pursue post-secondary education. But before we get to that, in keeping with the garden theme, we've got Royal Garden Blues with Al Hurt, right here on RC360.
Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you today, and we're now joined in studio by friend of the show. She's been here before. You know her, you love her, Jen Arhus. How's it going, Jen? It's going very well, thanks. Student Awards Specialist at the Winnipeg Foundation. So uh, for our listeners who haven't heard of heard uh, you on the show the last time, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do at the, at the Winnipeg Foundation. So I am the Student Awards Specialist, as Nolan said, and I manage um, the scholarship funds at the Winnipeg Foundation, which means that I help steward the uh, donors that want to start um, funds, scholarship funds specifically. And I help liaise between the post-secondaries, the high schools, and the recipients. So I have a lot of donors that uh, like to come out to the convocations and award ceremonies and help present um, those awards to the very deserving recipients. So we just finished the convocation season, as you could call it. How many, how many did you go to and how many did the Winnipeg Foundation attend this year? So I was able to attend 12 a dozen. Um, yes. Nice. And um, the, the whole foundation, um, we attended 44 ceremonies Very in total. Cool. Um, and that was in the past. Last week was the most. And then two weeks prior to that, there were a, a couple here and there. But it was mostly um, centered around last week. And so let's talk numbers then. How many, uh, Let's talk a little bit about how the scholarship funds have grown over the last decade or so. Like, um where are we sitting at now? I know there's an article in the most recent Winnipeg Foundation magazine working together that uh, that kind of touches on this a little bit, but but talk a little bit about, about scholarships. Sure. Um, so in 2006 was the last uh, stat that we had when w- there was 191 scholarship funds. And this past fiscal year in 2016, there were 391. So it's grown substantially over the past 10 years. Nice. Um, the dollar value has also risen um, from 678000 in 2006 to $1.79 million given oh out last year. Wow. So it's grown significantly. Um, just this past year, there were, I, be, I believe, 12 new funds started. So mm-hmm. um, it's pretty, it increases a lot and it's pretty substantial. So Why do you think people typically want to create a scholarship fund? Why is that an important, uh, what were some of the reasons that people give when they start scholarship funds? I believe that one of the main drivers of wanting to start a scholarship fund is in memory of a loved one or somebody who um, has a passion for giving back to the community. Um, I, I see a lot of people start funds um, that they, there's a connection to that school. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were either maybe an administrator or a principal or a student or an alumni from one of the schools. And a lot of people just really want to give back. And, and maybe they received a scholarship in the past and they, they can now give back and they want to see um, their money go towards um, a, a student to help them. It's a good way to kind of leave a legacy too. If 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 your history was in nursing or education or whatever, and you want to continue that uh, that school of of uh, profession or that profession to go forward, it's a good way to kind of ensure that there's going to be a student that's going to be able to pay for their school and stuff. Uh, talk a little bit about the types of scholarship funds that are, or the types of programs that the Winnipeg Foundation has. A, there's a really interesting one called the You Can Do It Awards that uh, it kind of blew me away how it works because it's such a good program. Tell, tell me a little bit about it. Sure. Um, the You Can Do It Awards has uh, was established in 2011 um, between us and the province of Manitoba. And it, it is a really great program because it starts out uh, with young, very young students. So you can start earning You Can Do It Awards in grade 5 up to grade 12. And so what that means is um, through hard work and 
community engagement and getting along with your uh, peers and helping there. Um, your teachers, the teachers recognize that there is a need for um, these inner city students to get these awards to be able to attend post-secondary mm-hmm. education. So the You Can Do It Awards, since 2011, there's been over 1,300 awards given out um, at $1,000 each. Wow. And so potentially a student can earn uh, up to $8,000 for post-secondary education. So even a grade five kid can already have a $1,000 exactly. scholarship towards. Exactly. And, it, and it, awesome. uh, it's put into a learning account. And then when upon graduation, they have um, the opportunity to use that money towards their post-secondary. What have been some of the responses when these kids get these awards and, and you kind of hand the, hand the piece of paper and shake their hand? What do they say to you? It's pretty overwhelming. Um, can be pretty emotional at times. Um, they're very thankful um, a lot of them don't expect these sort of things, so it's it's really it's humble. Mm-hmm. It definitely you see a lot of um, pride, and they're very happy with the progress that they have made as a student. And especially in the You Can Do It Awards program, a lot of the families come to the award ceremonies at the schools, and they're just blown away by by the number of awards and the dollar value and. Um, how that can help that family's burden be lifted off when they're ready to go to post-secondary. For sure. Um, So where can people learn more about scholarship funds if they want to maybe start a scholarship fund or at least learn a little bit more about it? There is um, a page on our website under um, giving to students um, through the Winnipeg Foundation uh, at www.wpgfdn.org. And uh, you can always contact me, Jennifer, and uh, just give us a call or send me an email. And that number is 204-944-9474. And yeah, just ask for Jen Arhus, the Student Awards Specialist here at the Winnipeg Foundation. Jen, thanks for talking to us. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Nolan. And thanks again, Jen, for speaking with us today. Coming up after the break, we've got back-to-back conversations with the hosts of A Winnipeg Slice. You may have heard them Monday to Friday, twice a day for the last few weeks here on 93.7 CJNU, bringing us interesting stories, one piece of Winnipeg at a time. But before we speak to Christy and Christine, here is Goodnight Sweetheart by the Spaniels, right here on River City 360. Goodnight, sweetheart, well, it's time to go Goodnight, sweetheart, well, it's time to go I hate to leave you, but I really must say Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you. I really must say, oh, good night, sweetheart. Good night. Well, it's three o'clock. In the morning Baby, I just can't get right Well, I hate to leave you, baby Don't mean maybe Because I love you so Good 
night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you. I really must say, oh, good night, sweetheart. Good night, mother. Oh, and your father. Like it if I stay here too long. One kiss and goodbye, and I'll be going. You know I hate to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you. I really must say, oh, good night, sweetheart. Good night. Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you. As we always are, and we're now joined in studio by Christine Ahrens. She is one half of the dynamic duo that brings you a Winnipeg slice every week right here on CJNU. Christine, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So today we're going to be talking about the Mac Trek you, you've told me. So I, I'm curious about what the Mac Trek is. I understand you spoke with the organizer of it. So tell me a little about, about what you learned. For sure. So Scott Reynolds organized this trip. Uh, he had some help from Lise Brown and Momenta. Uh, Lise is actually the founder of Momenta, and this is an organization that helps out nonprofits uh, set up wilderness and camping experiences. Mm. So this August, they set up the Mac Trek for the first time ever. Um, it's for two different age groups, and each of them are going to learn different wilderness skills and have a great time camping. Very cool. Are you a big camper yourself? I love camping. Big love camper. being out in the wilderness, tenting it out. It's great. Nothing better. So what's different about this specific camping trip? Yeah, so uh, this trip's a little different. It's specifically for kids who are under CFS care. So Scott, in his experience, he felt that there was a need for a camping trip specifically for these kids based on what he's seen in the past. My experience was that uh, there were some kids coming through different social programs, Sunshine Fund, whatnot, uh, on to canoe trips. And they just had a little bit of a tough time fitting in with the ones who had maybe been to the same camp for years or, you know, done a few more trips. And they did gain, I, I saw such great positive experiences um, through the canoe trips that these kids were going on. But it just... It seemed like there could be something more if they were sort of jumping into it with uh, maybe kids who hadn't been there before or coming from a maybe uh, sim more similar uh, social background. So Scott had this idea for years and he admits that life gets busy. Um, he wanted to do it for so long, but he just never found the time until unfortunately a very sad event happened and this gave him the push to do it. I had a son who uh, was in CFS, um, not to my knowledge, but uh, and I got to meet him when he was 15. I hadn't had contact with him, uh, you know, through unfortunate circumstances for uh, most of his young life, but uh, got to know him. He was uh, very lucky to have a, a very good foster family and a very good foster home. And, uh, you know, we got to know each other over the course of a few years. And then, uh, unfortunately, he had an accident 
and he's no longer with us. And uh, so it was one of those times in my life where when you lose somebody, it's just the way I put it, it, it can be hard to get out of bed, but if you're going to do it, you want to do it for the right reasons. And that sort of sparked me into action. And so he started the Mac Trek. He named it after his son, Mackenzie. And just reading a description of his son on the GoFundMe page that they have, it says, Mac was a young man who throughout his life showed immense compassion and shared a positive attitude with everyone he met. And so with Mackenzie's memory in mind, Scott wanted to do a trip that was going to give these youth an experience that will help them grow and make friendships the same way that Mac made friendships with people all around him. That's a very cool way to honor um, Mackenzie, and it's going to be a pretty memorable experience for all of these kids. Exactly, and actually there's been a lot of interest in it this year too, Uh, and he's actually, Scott is running out of room for this trip. Actually, we're... uh We've had to start uh, turning kids away, which doesn't feel great. That's uh, part of why I'm, uh, I'm trying to uh, get some more word out there. We'd like to do some more fundraising for the program in the future and uh, and hopefully get everybody who wants to go the ability to get out there. So as Scott mentioned, he's trying to get more fundraising to make this trip an annual event. Uh, so he set up a GoFundMe page. If you go on to GoFundMe, you can make a donation if you'd like. Just look up the Mac Trek. That's M-A-C for Mac and Trek. T-R-E-K. Fantastic. Well, it sounds like a very valuable and important cause. So like you just mentioned, go to GoFundMe.com and you can donate by searching The Mac Trek, M-A-C-T-R-E-K. Christine Aarons, thank you so much for talking to us today. Christine is one half of the a Winnipeg Slice team where you can listen every single day on CJNU for their stories about a little piece of Winnipeg. Christine, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thanks, Nolan. Coming up next, Christine's Winnipeg Slice co-host Christy Nickel joins us to talk about her favorite story from the past week, about Folkfest in particular, and a great program that helps those experience the festival who might otherwise not get a chance to go. We'll hear more about that in a little bit, but first, here's Vera Lynn with yours, right here on River City 360.
Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you today, and we're now joined in studio by one half of the Winnipeg Slice team, Christy Nickel. Christy, thank you for joining us. Hi. So we have you on almost every week to talk about one of the stories that you do for Winnipeg Slice. Uh, I understand you deliver, you and your partner, Christine Ahrens, deliver uh, up to 10 stories. Just about good, good old Good old-fashioned happy news here in Winnipeg, and I understand today we're going to be talking about Folk Fest, so uh, yes. tell me a little bit about what you learned this week. Yeah, so I, I got to sit down with the program coordinator of Folk Fest, uh, Colette, and she was telling me about this program that they've been doing for eight years, apparently, even though I've never heard of it, uh, called Guest for a Day. Okay. And what they do, it's a really amazing program. Um, it's uh, Basically, it allows different local organizations to apply uh, to get tickets so that people who wouldn't otherwise be able to make it to Folk Fest for financial or other kinds of accessibility reasons are able to attend. And what they offer to people is really amazing. Each organization is granted up to 20 tickets to come enjoy the festival. We provide transportation, we give them a meal, and they also have a volunteer host for the day that they can use to the best of their ability. So maybe they only need the host the volunteer host to arrive to the festival and get their tickets, or they might enjoy that volunteer host for the entire day to help them have a fuller experience if they need more support. So give me an example of the types of organizations that have applied for this program and who they've helped in the past. Well, what's great is they've been doing it for so long now that they're in a position where they don't have to turn down organizations that are applying as long as they've got a good reason to to need these tickets for people um, but here's what she said about the types of people they've helped before all kinds of different organizations have applied organizations that support children organizations that support adults with disabilities um, organizations that support women's groups or um, newcomers or refugees to Canada anyone who might really want to enjoy a real Winnipeg summer experience that might not be able to are invited to apply. That's a very wonderful program and it's really cool to give people the opportunity to go to Folk Fest who wouldn't normally have gone. Have you gone to Folk Fest before? I have not. And are you going this year? This year's my first year going. I'm what, going on Saturday. What are you most looking forward to? Feist for Feist? sure. Oh she's awesome. That's yeah. great. Yeah. So is the application process a difficult or lengthy process or what, what, what do people have to do to go through this? No. So the best part about this whole thing is that they, they're making it as easy as possible because they don't want anybody to be intimidated uh, away from applying. So they want everybody to just experience that true Winnipeg summer. So here is the information she gave me for any organizations interested in applying. The applications are all online and they open at the end of January. And if you want to um, ensure that you don't miss out, you can certainly email volunteer at winnipegfolkfestival.ca and we'll make sure that your organization gets on the mailing list and we send out an e-newsletter just as registrations are about to open and invite them to apply and it directly links them to get to that application and make sure that they get their application in on time. See, they'll even remind you to apply. How amazing is that? Very cool. Um, Folkfest is a Winnipeg staple, has been for 40-some years, I think. And it's happening this weekend. So I guess t yesterday people were already hang heading out there. I saw some videos of uh, people biking out there. So I think there are still tickets available if you want to go to winnipegfolkfestival.ca for day tickets or for a weekend pass. Uh, City in Colors playing on Friday, Feist on Saturday, and the Bare Naked Ladies on Sunday. You can't go wrong with that lineup, Christy Nickel. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having me.
You can hear her and her partner, Christine Ahrens, on A Winnipeg Slice every single day right here on CJNU. Thanks, Nolan, and thank you, Christy. If you'd like to hear A Winnipeg Slice, tune in to 93.7 CJNU every Monday to Friday at both 8.38 a.m. and 5.38 p.m., and you'll be able to hear a little slice of Winnipeg right there on your radio. So be sure to keep your radio locked right here onto 93.7 CJNU-FM for a Winnipeg Slice and all the other wonderful programs CJNU has to offer. Coming up after the break, Noah Ehrenberg is on his way into the studio to talk about the most recent and most wonderful stories posted on Community News Commons. But first, here's Gary Keller with Here Comes Summer, right here on RC360. Here comes summer, school is out, oh happy day. Here comes summer, I'm gonna grab my girl and run away. Here comes summer. Swimming every day and let the sun shine bright on my happy summer home. Oh, well, school's not so bad, but summer's better. It gives me more time to see my girl who walks through the park beneath the shining moon. And when we cross, she makes my flat top curl. It's summer. I feel her lips so close to mine. Here comes summer. When we meet our hearts entwined, it's the greatest. Let's have summer all the time and let the sun shine bright on my happy summer home. Here comes summer, almost June, the sun is bright. Here comes summer, drive in movies every night. Double features, lots more time to hold her tight. So let the sun shine bright on my happy summer home. Well, I've a long to hold my girl beside me, sit by the lake till one or two. Go for a drive in the summer moon, and I dream of love the whole night through. It's summer. Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you today. And we're now joined in studio by Noah Ehrenberg, the convener of Community News Commons and friend of the show. Noah, thank you for joining us. Hey, it's great to be here. How are you? I'm quite well, thank you. It's uh, finally a nice week out so we can enjoy the beautiful sun. Awesome. It's uh, Folk Fest weekend. Are you going to be sure heading is. out there to enjoy Absolutely. the festivities? Absolutely. CNC, yeah. recover it. Very cool. Yeah. Well, no. we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to Folk Fest and some local stories after in a couple seconds, but uh, there's kind of an interesting story on CNC because we've gone international. <laughs> yeah. There's an international uh, journalist that wrote a story. Uh, tell us a little bit about it, and I'm not going to make you read the name of the Icelandic princess. No, but, that's okay. Uh, I'll, I'll give it a give shot. Give her a shot, Kate. In, in any case, um, the we have a we have a story meeting uh, last Thursday of every month 
uh, on Community News Commons, and this past Thursday was uh, was that occasion, and we had a visitor from uh, Denmark, a journalist and photographer from Denmark. Her name is Annette Lillivang Christensen, and uh, she joined our meeting, and it was awesome. She was a, a guest of Hella Wilson, who's oh, also cool. been a reporter on CNC, and they were on their way up to Riverton for the weekend to uh, because a very special ceremony was going on there, and uh, I asked Annette if she wanted to cover it, and yeah. so she did, and she wrote the story, and cool. it's been and it's printed, and basically it's about a uh, memorial that is to Fiorica Bjorn's daughter, and uh, Bjorn's daughter was a uh, Icelandic princess. Well, I, she's of Icelandic descent, but uh, she did come from the uh, from the family of the Danish Crown Prince Frederick. So Jeez. that's sort of where the royalty comes in. I remember but, you mentioning um, this on the store on the show before. It was like someone discovered a, a grave. Was it? That's or, right, okay. because she was buried just outside of Riverton. Right, and. Um, uh, Trevor Smith wrote a story last year when people were talking First about discovering uh, or how to exactly sort of how to how to commemorate it, and cool. so they had this very special ceremony that um, Annette has written about, uh, and uh, it was uh, in Riverton, and there's a beautiful uh, it's just a, like a little beautiful grave site just outside the town of Riverton that's been really uh, restored in a nice way. Uh, with a new fence and there's a memorial pillar and there was a number of descendants of of this princess of uh, Friorica Bion's daughter um, number of descendants um, from a little child to a, um, an 88 year old man uh, wow. and there's uh, great photos of the of all the descendants that were gathered there as well as the um, the beautiful site out there in Riverton so check that out that's on really that interesting it's that's a great uh, great story you never know what you're going to get I you always say that because you know, an, an, an Icelandic princess right yes. here in Manitoba that's very cool yeah. so what else has been published on CNC this week well I really liked Abigail Alfono's article about um, what she calls Canada's open arms and tight fists and essentially uh, Abigail writes about the fact that when a refugee comes here to Canada the Canadian government uh basically charges them the cost of the transportation and the medical exam, the immigration medical exam that they have to take. And sometimes this could be like three, four thousand bucks. Oh, wow. So and they just it's right a loan. Up the hop there. It's a loan that they're and given. And they're expected to pay it back. And then they have to pay it back with interest. So what happens is oh. that this this debt uh, becomes somewhat of a crippling situation for a lot of new Canadians because, I mean, they've got a lot of things on their mind. No kidding. Uh, they're escaping a lot of uh, horrific um, situations uh, in, in countries that, uh, you know, there's a lot of trauma and then hmm. they've got to, you know, make their way here to Canada, figure out how, you know, the language and jobs and all that stuff. And then and they've then got this crippling debt. debt that is collecting interest on top of it. So Abigail writes about um, sort of the push that there is right now to get the Canadian government to kind of rethink that policy, maybe not um, charge any interest, maybe not even charge mm. the transportation costs. So it's a very interesting article by Abigail Afuano on communitynewscommons.org about this uh, situation with regards to new Canadians and the debt that we are charging them. Well, from international stories to national stories. Now let's talk about a local story. Uh, well, one of my uh, one of my favorite reporters, they're all favorite, of course, <laughs> they're like children, right? Of course. They can't have any favorites, but Vivian Ketchum is a terrific writer. And, uh, Been she's on the an, show before, great, right. great, great writer. And an indigenous woman who wrote a little story about, uh, she calls it Respect from the Men in Blue, and she was uh, tells a story about uh, being at an indigenous ceremony over the Canada Day weekend when two police officers approached the canopy under which the ceremony was going on and the elder who was conducting the ceremony grandma shingus asked one of the police officers if they wanted to offer tobacco to the sacred fire and what happened next 
is what uh, Vivian Ketchum calls a true reconciliation moment. So I won't tell our listeners. You have to go to communitynewscommons.org, check out the article, Respect from the Men in Blue, see the response of these officers when they were asked if they cool. wanted to uh, offer tobacco to the sacred fire. Hmm. It's, it's well, a great, great story. When we throw to a song, I'm going to boot it up on my phone, <laughs> communitynewscommons.org, and read that because Vivian's a great writer and that sounds she like sure a really is. interesting story. Yeah. So speaking of song, what have you got for us this week? It's Folk Fest. I'm assuming you you know who's all playing down there. So what have you got for yeah, us? I do. You know, there's a, there's, I mean, the Including your son. Yeah, that's true. He's playing with Richard Nidman. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, Mike Ehrenberg will be uh, along with Richard Nidman and that's a terrific treat for, uh, for him and for, for me. Sure. For our that's family. awesome. Uh, but beyond that, of course, there are so many great uh, musicians and artists and, um, and uh, groups that are coming to the Winnipeg Folk Festival this year. How many year. years have you been going? Well, I've been going for 35 years. That's so cool. <laughs> so, uh, at least. Something what like what that. was Maybe one of your more. top five uh, shows that you can, first I thing would, that pops to your head? I would say Taj Mahal uh, on stage five, which used to be, st- well, they used to be numbered stage. And yeah. stage five, uh, he was playing, it was a hot, sunny day. He had his big Stetson hat on. Uh-huh, and yeah. uh, in the middle of his, uh, of his uh, set, the wind uh, just blew his hat off, and he was to- completely bald. And he, as he continued playing his song, he turned around, and at the back of his head, there was a pyramid-shaped hair thing sort of shaved into his head. So, <laughs> so basically, what? it was just a little pyramid at the back of his head. That <laughs> like a was, ponytail or what? <laughs> no, it's just, just, a, like it's just, just a, it was, he, he was bald except for this pyramid wow. at the back. And, and people went crazy <laughs> as he turned around. He didn't miss a beat. He put, kept playing the song. I think it was a fishing blues song, possibly. So good. But uh, that's just a small little Classic. moment. But of course, there's so many other yeah. moments. Winnipeg Folk Festival, I... I recommend that our listeners go out there, even just for a day, even just for an evening. It is probably, I think it's probably one of the best uh, music shows, uh, in the country, festivals in, in the in country, the world. in the world. It really is. Heck it, yeah. it, it, it is. People uh, come from all over the world to play it. So and, sure. yeah, and they really do. And there's many, many local performers. So mm-hmm. the Manitoba performers are also there. One of the local performers that's going to be there is Joey Landreth, uh, of course. From the uh, Brothers uh, Landreth. Yeah, he's Brothers Landreth uh, fame. But in 2016, Joey launched his solo career, and um, an album that came out with his solo career is called Whiskey. And uh, I have the title track from that album. Uh, it's called Whiskey, and it's Joey Landreth right here on River City 360 with Robert Zurich and Nolan Bicknell on 93.7 CJNU. Another star shoots clean across the sky over my head. I keep thinking about the last thing that you said. And I wonder if you see the sky. Wherever you are, are you sleeping now? Do I ever cross your mind? Are you sleeping now? Do I cross your mind? I left you at the altar on a snowy New Year's Day. Years now, I still say your name. And in my mind, you were the one left standing on your own. But you kept our friends, and they won't come my way. Yeah, you kept our friends, they won't come my way. Do you miss me? Whiskey 
Welcome back to River City 360. Robert and Nolan here with you, and we have another wonderful weekend filled with events in and around our city. So we'll share some of those right now in our segment called This Week in Winnipeg. As we mentioned at the top of the show, this weekend is the Winnipeg Folk Festival at Birds Hill Park. Lots of great artists to check out. Uh, We could spend all day naming all of them, but just a few, a sampling of a few of the headliners. We've got The Shins on Thursday, Bruce Coburn and City in Color on Friday, Daniel Lanois and Feist on Saturday, and The Bare Naked Ladies on Sunday, plus many more local and international acts. Again, if you want your chance to check out those artists and more. That's running today, the Winnipeg Folk Festival, through Sunday, July 9th at Birds Hill Park. And this Friday is First Fridays in the Exchange District. It's a chance to meet artists in their studios, attend the opening of a new exhibit, and enjoy the shops and restaurants in the Exchange. So that takes place this Friday, July 7th, from 5 to 9 p.m. in the Exchange District, and you can get more information online by visiting firstfridayswinnipeg.org. Also, Friday, July 7th is the first installment of the Summer Concert Series in the heart of Transcona at Transcona Centennial Square. There are tables and chairs set up, and it's free, so all you have to do is show up. You could even bring your own dinner to enjoy and just take in the atmosphere and the music. Again, that takes place every Friday in July from 6 to 8 p.m. starting this Friday, July 7th at Transcona Centennial Square at 135 Regent Avenue. Saturday, July 8th, is a very special day. It's National Historic Sites Day. And to celebrate a century of National Historic Sites, Lower Fort Gary is celebrating with tours, family-friendly games, and activities. 
That's taking place this Saturday, July 8th at Lower Fort Gary in St. Andrews, just up Main Street on Highway 9. And it's open from 9.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. And on Sunday, Manitoba Underground Opera is hosting Arias and Earl Grey High Tea, an afternoon concert. Enjoy some local tea and baked goods while you get a sneak peek at the upcoming Manitoba Underground Opera season. Again, that's happening Sunday, July 9th at 3 p.m. at Young United Church. That's at 222 Furby Street, number 100, and tickets are $25. You can purchase tickets or get more information by visiting manitobaundergroundopera.com. Thanks, Robert. We've got time for one last tune before we say goodbye for today, so here's Richard Claterman with And I Love You So, right here on RC360.
That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you so much for tuning in and a huge thank you to all of our guests for talking to us today. And if you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes or subscribe to our podcast, you can do all of those things online on our website. The address is rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM. And we always love to have your feedback about the show. Please give us a call if you have any story ideas, tips, if there's an event you'd you'd like to get out there to our listeners that you think that they might enjoy, uh, feel free to drop us a line or give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Our number is 204-944-9474, extension 360. So call anytime and leave a message. We would love to hear from you. You can also send us an email. Our email address is rivercity360, that's 360, the numbers, at wpgfdn.org. And the phone number one more time to our listener line, 204-944-9474, extension 360. If you're on Twitter or Facebook, you can also find us there by searching at RiverCity360 on Twitter and RiverCity360 on Facebook as well. I'm Nolan Bicknell signing off for RiverCity360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great day and a great weekend.